You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Stop Vikings Talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Great cash, homie. And away we go. Away we go. Live on the You Are Looking Live. The Purple Daily YouTube channel where we go live about three days a week. Fridays, mm-hmm. just after 10 o'clock Central Time. Mm-hmm. Vikings Vent Line, the place to be after every single Vikings game. And then the day after Vikings games at 9 o'clock a.m. Central Time. And these Friday episodes are all about you guys. Feedback Friday. You can always hit us up with your emails via the feedback tab in the Score North app and uh, via the YouTube comment section. So we're going to get to as many of you as possible here. Presented by Quick Trip. Judd, our friends at Quick Trip are fueling us this season. Right there. Um, right there. Right there. Quick it's Trip a sweet hat, hat, hat man. Fellow kids. It's a huh? sweet that, hat. It's a very nice hat. And Quick Trip is uh, your one-stop shopping, as I've talked about, Karuba Coffee. Uh, you can pr- pick up dinner. You can pick up uh, lunch. But you can also win through Quick Trip. Did you guys know that? You can mm-hmm. win and... What the, huh? Let me tell you about it. There's, it's something. It's a little something called the Vikings Opening Drive. Okay, the Opening Drive. And now you're saying, okay, Judd, what's that? I'll tell you what that is. Purchase any pothole pizza or twenty ounce Pepsi Cola product with Quick Rewards to enter. Purchase both products together with Quick Rewards and receive ten bonus entries. One weekly. Winner will receive a $10 gift card for every yard gained during the Vikings opening drive. If the Vikings get a field goal on that drive, the winner will earn an additional $500 quick trip gift card. If the Vikings score a touchdown, the winner will earn an additional $1,000 quick trip gift card. Weekly winners will have a chance to win up to $2,000 in quick trip gift cards. All weekly winners will also be entered for a chance to win a grand prize, which is a pair of 2024-25 Viking season tickets, free fuel for a year from Quick Trip. That's no small thing. And that's a total value of $5,500. Just go to quicktrip.com slash sweepstakes for full details. Let's go, boys. Let's get this Feedback Friday party rocking here. Mike Malkovich chimes in and says, I want to get your guys' opinion on something. For the last several seasons, it has seemed like the Vikings get pushed around by the true Super Bowl contenders whenever they play home or road. The San Francisco playoff game from a few years ago, the Dallas blowout last year, the Eagles blowout last year, the Philly NFC Championship game from five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. As such, it's been hard to envision the Vikings as a true contender, even last year at 13-4. and But with how they played on Monday, bullying one of the biggest bullies in the league, do you guys think the switch to a more tight end centric approach, or as we call it, 12 personnel football is working? Does this team have a chance to become the bully? If we keep the offensive line together, strengthen the, the defensive line, can you see a Vikings team that is just more physical than other teams? Isn't that what it would really take? to win a Super Bowl. 
I love that point. I love that point, and it was very clear. And it, in fact, Phil, when we did the uh, film review with Boone, you showed the first play of the game, which was just. It wasn't about the yards that you gained. It was about the tone that you set, right? Oh, and the Vikings came great. out, Oliver, Hawkinson out there. You were going to kick some ass on that play. And the Vikings got 19 yards from Madison. I love this point. I think it's absolutely correct. And you know what it's tied in, into directly is the offensive line's emergence as being very good. So think about it. The offensive line has gone from being a liability to being really, really Really solid. Yes, Jeff is a walking billboard. Billboard. For- I'm <laughs> sorry, that was uh, that was awesome, and he's not wrong, uh, or or the person is not wrong. But anyway, yes, I think that's a very astute observation, and I think championships are as cliched as it sounds. One up front, defensive line needs to be stronger for sure, but they took a major step Monday in setting a tone. When's the last time the Vikings set a tone like that? Like against a physical, it, well, bully, against a good yeah, team, right? Right. Not against. Yeah. Not. Not against a crappy team, but I'm saying, like, what's the last time that you remember them going into the ring with a heavyweight and winning the fight? Probably the most recent Saints playoff win. Like, like Breeze punched back, but, like, they put the Hunter on the okay. inside. Yeah, you know, they were – everyone picked yep. that Saints team to go to the Super Bowl for the most part. And the Vikings really beat them wild card weekend. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think right, both that game and the Minneapolis Miracle game, I think both did feature the Vikings blowing, you know, 10-point leads. But uh, in general, the Vikings did control the pace of that game for the majority of it, and they were the bigger bully in that game. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back against this whole take a little bit because until they actually start running the ball better, the ingredients are sort of there. Like the offensive line, this is the best the offensive line has played in eight years, ten years. This is in terms of whether you want to look at eye test or PFF grades or ESPN's you know, metrics. We haven't seen a Vikings offensive line that's been touted among the top five in the league on both the run blocking and the pass protection side in a long time, maybe 10 years. But they still aren't running the ball well enough. Like that first play of the game was great. That was a 19-yard run mm-hmm. right into their souls to start the game and say, hey, we're here. We're, we're not just going to be. No, but then, of course, after that, they wound up throwing the ball twice as much as they ran the ball despite having a lead. That's the thing, I think if you're going to keep doing this and you're going to be facing teams that aren't as good as San Francisco, so you should be able to do it when you're up by like 10 points, 12 points, whatever it was. I mean, weren't they up 19 to seven in the second half of that game? And they still weren't able to like really lean on the 49ers in the run game. I think in in large part, we discussed this on the state of the offense episode yesterday. It's more of a running back problem than an offensive line problem. It seems like. Yes. Which is why I'm confident because now it's, it's a big leap from, the problem is basically the five guys up front to it's one guy now. But they did, but they still set a physical tone that I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that, you know, PFF and the Vikings run blocking grades from an offensive line standpoint are so high, like you can now just say, okay, if you get that final piece right, you are going to probably be pretty good, if not very good, in the run game. But what I, I like the fact that they did, for the most part, punch back and kick the 49ers' ass up front. That, to me, is just such a huge step because we, we haven't seen it. Like mm-hmm. Dex said, probably since that Saints game. Okay, Max Salvavold chimes in and says, the Vikings play exactly to the level of their opponents. Seriously, look at all the games the last two seasons. Yeah. 
well, but there's a couple games where they couldn't play up to the level of the Eagles yeah. and the Cowboys. So it's, it is worth noting that. But we get ourselves into so many one-score games because no matter who we're playing, we play exactly to their level. When we played against terrible quarterbacks, Bryce Young and Justin Fields, Kirk had two of the worst games we've seen him play. When we play the Niners or the Chiefs, we actually look pretty good, and Kirk steps up, and the defense looks good again. On paper, we should mop the floor with the Packers on Sunday, but I have a suspicion that Kirk will play as bad as love and will find a way to keep the game within one score by the end, win or lose. Okay, so this is an interesting point, and I'm certainly not going to dismiss it because there are examples that what he just wrote about is correct, but here's here's where I will defend the Vikings on this one. This is not a Vikings problem. This is a league-wide problem. Watch games. Like, you see this all the time, where where there are very few teams. And, and Phil, this gets back to our point uh, that we talked about, I think, on Tuesday, which is, like, how many truly elite teams exist? Like, there's a lot of teams like this. So, yes, I know what you're saying. And, yes, the Vikings can drive you crazy. Uh, but if you watch games on a Sunday – this is not an isolated problem to like one or two teams. This is a league wide thing where teams will roller coaster up and down. Right. But the top teams, the actual top teams in the NFL do beat teams by more than two points. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, like the lions, I wouldn't even put in the top tier and the lions have victories of 14 points, 14 points, 18 points, 14 points. The Miami dolphins, obviously they beat a team 70 to 20 there's a 15 point win, a 20 point win. Um, so I, I do think it's fair to say I agree. Like generally, there's just a lot of teams that are kind of close together, and the Vikings are still kind of in that group until they prove otherwise. But if the Vikings are at, like after that Niners game, if we're saying, hey, we want to we want to judge the Vikings at the level that they played against the 49ers, mm-hmm. if they keep playing at that level, then they should start to beat teams by like 14 or 20 points once in a while, like like three times from now until the end of the season. So I, I do agree with this premise. I, I do too. I'm, I'm just saying that it's a league-wide issue. And, and But, I mean, like, look at Detroit. Detroit goes and plays a really good team in Baltimore and just gets the, you know, they mop the floor with Detroit. So, it, it as Sid said, it is truly a crazy league. Yeah, but, but you just made my point, which is, the okay, the Ravens played a good team and beat that team 38 to six or whatever it was like, you have permission if you're a good team mm-hmm. to beat the crap out of somebody, especially yes. if you just showed your best game against the night, you know, you can, you can beat the Niners. So go beat the Packers by 10 or 14. And I would like to see that. And I, I think I, I agree with your point. The issue is that what drives you crazy about this league is, is what he wrote, wrote about is a league wide thing that involves the majority of teams which is there's too many times that you play down to your opponent and then you play up. And yes, the Vikings, here's the thing now. The Vikings have left themselves very little wiggle room and margin for error, right? Like the early season losses have put them in in a predicament where they need to continue to play them almost the majority of the time, certainly, like they did on Monday night. So like, let's see now, because I'm with you. The inconsistency drives me crazy. I'm just saying you just see it so incredibly often. Lawyer Chase chimes in. Our guy, Lawyer Chase, he has uh, overseen several controversial cases here on Write That Down and across the Score North Network of podcasts. And he says, I wanted to update you guys on the bar exam. 
I passed the bar with flying colors. Oh, lawyer Chase. Way to go, Lawyer Chase. You Get the flag. Lawyer Chase. Way to go, baby. That's right. Our Purple Daily Lawyer is now an actual lawyer. Lawyer Chase. But we're still not going to pay you, Chase. He said, well, he, we... Now that he's an actual lawyer, he might have to uh, well, he start, might start billing us. But he said, today I will get sworn in as an official lawyer. I could not have done it without you guys keeping us all sane with the craziness of being a Vikings fan. Thank you. And hopefully one before I die. Awesome, Chase. Love seeing lawyer Chase leave the nest and go out into the actual world of real law. Hopefully you still have time to figure out who buzzed in first on random viking of the week every once in a while that hank he, basket he can't case bring, he can't bring purple daily law right into like the actual law like he can't just bring these you can explain that one time cases. declan started well, to say hank basket but then know, judd a, jumped in that's a good point i didn't win that one perhaps i need a new lawyer that's well, a good point you've been talking that. about that for like two months and i don't think you have talked to any other lawyers to our knowledge i got some friends perhaps i'll bring them on board I got, I got friends, friends, friends or friends who are places. lawyers, yeah. friends who are lawyers. Yeah, that's what I meant. The implication was I have friends who are lawyers. Mm-hmm. I might bring them in. You never know. Uh, Greg says, eat your dog crap after that Monday night win. Shut up about your Kirk hate and just own it. You are all <laughs> he goes. You are all great for real. But your Kirk hate limits you as intellects for sure. Own it. Eat it. Love it. From Greg. <laughs> Okay, Greg, thank you. I don't have anything more to say. I would say, like, if you're Greg and you think that we, I don't know, for whatever reason, deserve to be dunked on because of what happened on Monday night, why send that message after week seven? You know, like, yeah, just there's bizarre. It's a long season. We all we ultimately all want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl. Okay, we got a little we got a little uh, doubtful when they were sitting at two and four, whatever it was, zero and three, but like the whole victory lap thing, it's week seven. Let's well, it's way let's premature. Just, let's just pump That's the exactly right, bit, guy. <laughs> That's exactly right. I I feel like we've gone from all oh, the seasons done. You know, screw this team, right? So to, they just won the they just won the Super oh, Bowl. On Monday anything's night. possible, you know. Oh yeah, and and look, I'm not. Yeah, hold on. A second. Get it, get it. I got it. I got it. There we go. There we go. There we go. I'm currently beat, by the way, on Feedback Friday. My my dog decided to puke up a little vial next to me. So when you see me uh, bend over, Jeez, that's what I'm doing right now. Oh, poor guy. Oh, we the ju- Vinster. We were just talking, Judd and I, off mic before you joined, Phil, of like sensitive tummies with dogs. And Vinny had no, shown no signs of having a sensitive tummy. Doesn't Vinny get car sick, too? He does get car not as bad as he was when he was a little puppy. When he was a puppy, it was bad. It was really, really bad. But, um, okay. but uh, you know that, like, your parent radar of when your dog starts doing the this thing, you, I, I, I'm up. I'm up. I'm ready. I need to get you off the bed. Please don't do it on the bed. So I got him on the. Yes, yeah, you got to throw him off the bed. Yeah, it was just a little bit. Just, just shove him off the bed. Just, but there's always tells. Not on the comforter. There, yeah, no, there's tells. Each like dog Jeff has said. tells. Yeah, he he does. Ryder licks his lips. This. Yeah, he he his his face does this over and over again. Like oh, he's about to puke. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good guy. Well, okay. You take care of Vinny down there and. We'll keep moving on here on Feedback Friday. Matt Bitts says, Doogie on the scoop session the other day seems pretty set on the Vikings trading KJ Osborne. We've all been confused as to why KJ has been the wide receiver two for a large part of the season instead of Jordan Addison. 
Have they been putting KJ out there so much on purpose, perhaps? We've all been pulling out hair wondering why Addison hasn't been getting as many targets. Have they been intentionally sidelining Addison at the beginning of the season to give him reps, KJ, and uh, sorry, to get more tape on KJ so they can build up his trade value? Conspiracy uh, Matt here chiming in. Well, I love the conspiracy theory, Matt. Great job. But no, no, they just trusted KJ more. And we've talked about some of the other attributes that KJ brings, you know, for instance, being superior in blocking to what Jordan can do. So, no, this has nothing to do. This has to do with um, Kirk's comfort in a receiver, which, you know, was, for better or for worse, higher with KJ. And also it has to do with the other things that we probably as fans don't really watch as much. So great conspiracy theory, but no, I I don't think there's anything to that. I think that they were legitimately playing the guy that thought was a more complete player. And and, and, I mean, KJ, he's a capable you know, wide receiver three, I would say. But so his contract is coming up at the end of the season because you have Jefferson with a big payday and Jordan Addison is like, there's no way they re-sign KJ Osborne, I think, barring something unforeseen. But here's why I think they might be hesitant to trade him, win or lose on Sunday at the Tuesday deadline. Jefferson and KJ Osborne are by a pretty wide margin the most competent run-blocking wide receivers on this team. Now, none of them are great. Like, if you compare the Vikings run-blocking wide receivers to the Lions or to the 49ers or some other teams, they don't do as good of a job on the edge. Adam Thielen used to be great at that at times. Jefferson, according to Pro Football Focus, is actually the Vikings' best run-blocking wide receiver on the edge because he can do it all, man. He's kind of lanky, too. Good for you know. So if you were to say goodbye to Osborne, Jordan Addison is not a good-blocking wide receiver yet. And Brandon Powell isn't either because he's so small. He doesn't have, like, long enough arms. But I wonder, like, if you traded Osborne, I don't think you'd lose anything in the passing game because Powell would step in as your number three. Addison, yep. when, when Jefferson comes back, could Nikhil Harry as a six foot four, long-armed former, what, first-round pick, second-round pick? Second-round pick. Pretty early pick, yeah. like four Patriots. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So there, I think you could probably find a guy like him if you needed to play like 15, 20 snaps and block on the edge. So we'll see. I mean, we don't even know what they could get for Osborne, too, on Tuesday. I feel right now like they won't make, right now, any trades. Now they, None? None? No? No, I should say this. They they might, if they win, I would not be shocked if they make a trade to acquire a player. Um, I feel right now as if K.J. Osborne won't be traded because – like Duke said, okay, you're going to get like a fifth or fourth round mm-hmm. pick, um, which would be nice. But it, is it worth is it worth taking away a player who actually can contribute something, especially if used in the proper role from a team that right now, again, is in the playoffs? The Tampa Bay loss right now put the Vikings with tiebreakers in the seventh seed. So Dude. I wouldn't be shocked if they. So we're in right now. We're we're right. in right now, right? Dude, right hang now, the banner. Hang right, the banner right now. Week right seven now what's in is the Vikings are playoff. Week eight. Week eight. That's the flag waving. See that that that's flag waving. On Tuesday, you, you were you were so relaxed a day ago. The flag. There it is. Yes, yes. Much better flag. Waving. It's a Friday wave. I, I don't think I you was tired. Tuesday, I was tired. What are you tired for? Clearly. I was tired on Tuesday. Drink this some is coffee. Friday. Football season. I, I do constantly. In fact, I'm impervious <laughs> to caffeine now because I drink too much of it. Yeah. Give me some of that Kruba coffee. But, impervious to caffeine. 
Yeah, <laughs> but but the issue here is this is a, that was a Friday wave. You guys just got the Friday wave. I know, but we're going to need we're going to need, need like day game. after big Vikings wins yeah. for oh, you wait, to be wait, on your wait, flag wave game. Okay. Hold on, let's go back to the film. Let's go back to the film and break it down. Tuesday morning, they had played a night game. I was up very late working. I was tired. Sunday is a noon game. If the Vikings win Monday morning, I'm going to be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Okay, but so, you know what? When the playoffs come around, there's yeah, there's might be some night games, okay? Yeah. There might be different. some super wild-card weekend. Play, why, why, is it, why is it that we excuse the fact that the Vikings play up and down at times? They yo-yo. But when flag-waving guy on a Tuesday has a little bit of a, a struggle... We jump right on him. I know that one. Well, we jump come, on the Vikings, too. Yeah. We're trying to hold the story. entire show to a high standard That's of excellence. That's a good point. Okay, and if touche. your flag waving is a little alligator armed and not you know fully what? I've been working committed. on it, too. I've I don't think you were smiling it. as much on Tuesday, either. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't. No excuses. Play like a champion every day. No, come on. No, I hear you. I hear you. You're right. I'm sorry. I, I, went, I went Cousins... Um, when Cousins disappoints, that was my Tuesday performance. You're right. Okay. Okay. I'm going to examine it myself. The good thing is it's easily correctable. Okay, Christian Ponder. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Uh, Robert Barweiler says, I agree with Judd. The Vikings need to either extend Hunter or trade him by Tuesday. Or I guess if you don't trade him by Tuesday, then extend him at some point, you know, before he hits free agency. I prefer we extend Daniel Hunter for three years, but we cannot just ride it out and do nothing. I would, uh, I, it would be a failure in roster management and asset management to not get a high draft pick and instead to just settle for like a third round comp pick in 2025 when he walks in free agency this year. Right. I agree with this. I know it's super hard right now if you're the Vikings, cause you're not going to trade him from this team, but, wouldn't well, that be the worst case scenario that you you keep him, you win nine games, maybe you even get in, but you don't make an actual run, and then he leaves in free agency, and what are we doing here with our assets? You know. So, but what he's saying is what I said previously when when this team when we all thought that they were going to lose to the Forty ers What he's saying, and my original statement was, you either have to extend him by Tuesday or trade him, but that's not going to happen now. So and and I have to admit I'm mi- I'm very mixed on that because I'm I'm not going to trade him now. I don't have a lot of faith that we're going to see some type of extension by Tuesday either. Uh, but but my original the original context of what I was trying to say was if this team loses to San Francisco, you have to trade him. So and what if they lose to the Packers? I don't think you can trade him. I think you're too close to a playoff spot now. I think you there's too much. If they it's, lose, I'll say it. If they lose to the Packers, you should 100% trade Daniel Hunter on Tuesday without any hesitation. Because what you, and this is where you could be completely free. Of, I'll hear you out on this. Your, yes. your, conscience can, your conscience can be clear if you're crazy. You say, yeah. listen, guys, when you beat the 49ers, I shut my phone off. I close down my email to any incoming communication from any other NFL organization. 
we ride or die. We beat the 49ers, we ride or die. But if you then come back and blow it against the Green Bay Packers, and now you're three and five going into the trade deadline, I have to do what's best for the future of the Vikings. You blew it. I would put it on the team, and I would say, I would even say, if, if, if I got pushback from Kevin, I'd say, Kevin, love you, man, but like, you guys dropped the ball against the Packers. My next chess move has to be with the future of the Vikings in mind. We don't know if Daniil's going to resign or not. We have to get an asset for him. You lost five games before the trade deadline, including a home game against the Buccaneers. So we got to make this move. Like, it's easy if they lose to the Packers. Okay, I, I will hear you out completely, and I don't necessarily even disagree with what you're saying, but the Wilfs wouldn't let you trade him now. The, the reality is you you will not be allowed to trade him. So a three and five football team, and I I'm not fighting with you. Yeah. I'm fighting with no, I'm fighting know, with I know. Lenny, Mark, and Ziggy now. Okay, so right. a three and five football team, yeah, that has a home that had three home losses to start the season. Like, I know asset management guys. That's how they, you get out of the middle. Okay, Phil, they don't do that though. Like, I, I mean, we we've talked about this before. Um, they don't do that. Like they say, if there is a chance, you're saying there's a chance, they're going to stick. <laughs> in it and even if they lose him in march and and that's exactly right it's a 220 it's a 2025 compact not 2024 compact yeah um but i mean this is okay so this is where and especially if they lose on sunday this is where the san francisco win as we have discussed before gets to be in some ways a potential hindrance because it fooled you right back i mean look at the look at vikings fans i've had a bunch of them pivot completely from we got to sell, sell, sell to, oh, no, let's trade four guys. Yeah. This is where if you lose on Sunday, that Niners win in some ways becomes a um, a, made, a a noose around your neck of, oh, my God, well, we can't do that. We can't do that. We can't do that. And you're like, to Phil's point, yeah. Phil's like, oh, no, you should do that. But another thing, too, if whether they win or lose, like I would say with the Neil Hunter, the options have to be to this to to the point here of let me find him uh, is it Mark sorry guy uh, Robert <laughs> Robert I pulled a Judd there for a second you can't just let him walk for nothing and still say that you're like attempting to build something great for the future now you're just you don't have a plan right at that point you're just yes. like kind of riding week to week you're not you're singing and, my song. So I would then, like, if they get past the trade deadline and it looks like they will and they don't trade Daniil, nor should they, by the way, if they beat the Packers, now you're like, now you're in, like, you got a four and two conference record, you're off to the races and you're probably going to win 10 or 11 games if if you keep going and stay healthy, right? Yep. I would then, once we get past that deadline, I would then rather give Daniil a three-year contract, top five, but I wouldn't give him a no trade clause. I'd rather keep the asset, pay for the asset, and then if I need to revisit in a year or two years, maybe he's not elite anymore, but at least I still have at least I still have him, right? You are you, you oh can't just let him walk for nothing. That's you the are thing going, that you are going down such an interesting path though, because yes, if they didn't have a lot of guys up for contracts, I think you that I might not even agree with it. Because of his age. But, yeah, I think that there's definitely a viable case to sign him to a three-year, very rich extension. But you've got Jefferson. You've got Derisaw within the next two years. Who's your quarterback? Can you find a young one who's cheap, which changes this entire conversation? I, I think it would it would really put you down the path of this. That's the thing. If if you were to Jefferson, big money, Derisaw coming up, 
Uh, Hawkinson's already making big money, right? Yep. And then and then Daniil again. I think it would make it official at that point that you would draft a quarterback in the first round. And if Kirk wants to sign another one-year deal or something, I, I don't think he would. I think he's looking for something. Oh, yeah, that, Kirk ain't signing like, a three-year ballpark, deal. right? Yeah. But it it does, like, that's why the next week or so is so interesting. And what happens on Sunday is, like, such – it's a roundabout with, like, three different, you know – off ramps, if you will. If the Vikings win in Green Bay on Sunday, I don't know if you, you guys have checked out the schedule, but the Monday night game is the Raiders at the Lions, which means that the Vikings, as of Sunday evening, would be one game back of the division lead. Game and a half, right? What do you mean? Before the Lions play? Or I'm the the Lions play so so the Lions don't play until Monday. The Vikings mm-hmm. are what, two games back right now? Yeah. So yeah. I'm sorry. But they're going to beat the Raiders, aren't they? No, I'm just saying as of Sunday night. As of oh. Monday morning, if the Vikings win, <laughs> oh, when I'm waving okay. the flag, as of uh, as yes. of I I'm looking okay. for small Semantically, victories. Semantically, yes, here. they would yeah. be yes. a game I'm and a half. I'm looking for back. small yeah. victories here. I'm looking for good news. I'm Mr. Sunshine. I get it. I get it. I would uh, say too like even regardless though of if Daniel Hunter is back or not back they need another either a complimentary defensive end to Daniel Hunter probably early in the draft or yeah. if they obviously lose him oh, that you. might be their first position they take that's like the, if they if they lose him it really is much more of a i don't know if like full rebuild is the right word cuz you have a franchise left tackle and a wide receiver but it's like all right now we need an edge rusher and a quarterback and we have one first round draft pick what do but you if do? they allow him to walk is does, does that mean that there's a better chance they try to bring Kirk back on a 3 year contract so many different yeah, like dude, this it's... is the this is the thing, and and if you bring Kirk back, there's probably a case to be made that the 2024 draft would be spent going almost all in on defense. Yeah, because you've got at this point, I mean, Ezra Cleveland walks, but you probably just re-sign Dalton Reisner. That's right. I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm guessing that's part of why he's here. And then you got Bradbury under contract. You got Ed Ingram took a step forward. You got your other guys. Your offensive line's pretty pretty well set. Uh, you can find a running, but you probably take another swing at a running back in like the fourth round or something. There's guys out there. Or just um, who's good. We have a, a a string of Kirk Cousins related questions here. We're going to get to after we shout out our friends at Surly, also Ooh. helping us power this glorious feedback Friday. Surly's before I die logger. The mission statement is back on this. I week. was going to say the Vikings are back, and that means the before I die lifestyle is back front and center, and it's right there. Surly Brewing. So many good, delicious beers. There's Furious, there's Logic Bomb, but you know what? Before I die, it speaks to all of us who want to see the purple win a Super Bowl. It is a lifestyle. It is the beer that you need to have in hand when you're watching the game, the big game on Sunday. It is the beer that you just need to have in hand, period, because it's a reminder, a constant reminder with a great beer of what the mission is. Uh, But as I said, Surly, so many great choices. Before I die, in your liquor store at your bar it's everywhere that you find your favorite products i think boys we're due for another trip to a three jack in the north oh, yeah. loop here at some point maybe sometime oh, nice. in the next few weeks we can do another another show meeting as i use air quotes <laughs> yeah three jacks great spot you can get your swings and we can see judd maybe swing a golf club i haven't seen him do that in person i know he piped <laughs> one on that par three after like 15 years of no golf on the judd famous judd athlete challenge a lefty. judd's a lefty at golf it's true Did you know that I did know that. I did know he's a lefty, of. too. Actually, after happens, watching that video, he might be a righty, actually. No, nope, I'm a lefty. Okay. Ah. 
It's not pretty, but I'm a lefty. Well, well, good thing three jack has lefty and ready clubs. So you have you have the option to swing both there at three jack. And also any Purple Daily fan who goes into three jack in the North Loop and mentions they heard this on Purple Daily to get a free pint with any menu uh, purchase item. I, we love the loaded nachos. We love the chicken sandwich. We love the open face steak sandwich. There's so many great food options at three jack. Oh. Go check out three jack. Football. In the North Loop. Let's go. Okay, Jonathan Jepson chimes in, says, do you think Kirk Cousins has ever hired Creed for a private event? Didn't, didn't we talk Kyle about Brandt, Kyle Brandt asked him that question. He asked him, like, they were talking about Creed being his favorite band on that 10 Questions podcast. And uh, Kirk said that it was, like, too expensive or something. Yes. But we found a website and looked up. There's a website that shows you. It's, like, some agency website how much it costs to hire various bands and performers. We did. You can't like hire Taylor Swift, but you can hire Creed. You can hire like Michael McDonald to come play some piano. I think we found that it was like $200,000 if you wanted to hire Creed for a private event. It was nothing. And Kirk has banked about a quarter of a billion dollars playing football in his life. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something if you're rich, like on that level? Well, I'd be like a fun rich guy who just hires random bands from the late nineties. You know, you guys want to come over? I, uh, I have hired here. I hired Chumba Wumba and lit to play my backyard. I know how this is going to go down now. And I'm here to tell you once the Rangers are done. So, so this started off because Creed became the Texas Rangers, like rallying band. Right. And if you saw Creed actually showed up, and I'm guessing that they're going to be at the World Series as well. Uh, Creed sh- uh, showed up during the American League Championship Series in Texas. Okay. If the Vikings stay hot, I'm here to tell you right now, we're going to see Creed at U.S. Bank Stadium. Oh, man. That would be – can you imagine? Dude, Big Vikings Boy played and, on Monday night. Yeah, Big Boy was – But, I mean, it'll be, you know, yeah. Play the, yeah. They could play the plaza before the game. And the Vikings then will they play, play halftime. And the Vikings will pay them. Oh. Creed's coming. Dude, if they so stay many, hot, if they don't, there's so many Creed songs. Do you guys remember Creed was like in the late '90s in the TRL era? Oh yeah, early 2000s. <laughs> I don't have my, I just, oh. my dad thought forever that the lyrics to "With Arms Wide Open" with arms wide open. He thought for like six months it was with eyes wide open. Uh, you can't. He, he blends sing. all the words together. Yeah, he, you and we're like, Dad, you know he's Water, saying arms, not eyes. What's the difference? <laughs> It's. I mean, also true. I, I mean, who cares? Yeah. Eyes wide open, arms wide and, open. Doesn't matter. And we, by the way, we did get a new T Swift drop, nineteen eighty nine, re released today. Yeah, Taylor's version. Taylor's Taylor version. Let's well. go. A lot of excitement. Uh, David Harm says, "How come nobody is talking about the wristband?" Kirk said it post game that he suggested using a wristband. They've had some issues getting plays in on time. It's really interesting. You heard. You were going to dig on that. I thought. I, I got a note. If you had a chance yet, but. No, I didn't. Um, we, we got an email from someone who said, hey, I think this is new. And I'm like, "That wow, that's a great catch. I didn't know he talked about it. Yeah, I mean. You know, it's interesting. It makes a ton of sense if you think about it. All right, I'm just going to, let me Google like NFL, like an NFL play call. All right. So you got 40 seconds on a running clock play clock or 25 seconds on a dead ball play clock, right? And the coach, here we go, all right? So the play clock's running, here we go, all right? So the, 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 ta- the tackle happens, and the clock is now running, 
and maybe it's down to 35, 33, okay, and the coach is trying to figure out. Now the coach is in your helmet with like 33 seconds left, giving you the next play. And your two options are, one, brown right, A right, flanker, short post, two jet, dino, X shake, Y shallow cross, kill to brown right, A. Takes a half hour. Like the coach is giving you the play as opposed to you got a wristband on. Uh, Let's go play four. Kill to play three. Go. Right? Wouldn't it logically save you 10 seconds of just standing there waiting for the play to come in? I mean, it certainly could. I, I, I mean, guys, I, I quit football in eighth grade, but this makes well, sense to me to have a wristband. I don't know. I think guys like Kirk um, are so well prepared that they probably feel that the communication with the coach is enough. But in this case, perhaps it wasn't. And it sounds like a small thing, but it would be interesting to dig into to find out exactly what that saved them time wise and how, how much it helped. Because Monday did feel different. I'll say that. Yeah, it felt snappier. It felt yeah, they, they were moved. even running tempo at times too, you know. And they tried um, that before, but yeah, I I think that's a that's a very interesting story that I'm guessing somebody from who covers the team is going to do. Lucas chimes in and says, "Hey guys, thanks for providing daily shows about Minnesota sports. Thank you, Lucas, for consuming our content. Although my opinion on Kirk Cousins is a little different than some of yours, I still love watching your shows. My question would be." If Kirk came to you and said, all right, guys, let's do a little Kirky discount. And, yes, he would say it in the third person like that. Kirky discount. Kirky discount. Discount double Kirk. Three years, $85 million. Fully guaranteed. So it's, it's like the first contract he signed back in 2018. And, of course, like the NFL has seen salary cap inflation. But he would say, I'll give you the, uh, 2000, the 2018 wow. Kirk Cousins rate in 2024. Would you do it? Let me find the average annual value so you can see where that would sort of slot him. What was it, like three years, 98 or something? So three years, I believe it was a complete no trade. The first one was 384 with some bonuses. Oh, my God. So the math on this would be just for average annual value. Okay, hold on. I'll give give you the math. So – 80, he says 80, let's call it 85 divided by three. So that'd be an average annual value of $28 million, which would put him one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18th in today's NFL, mm-hmm. half as much as Joe Burrow's current contract, which average annual value is $55 million a year. Would you say yes if Kirk? It's got to be fully guaranteed, three years on your books, obviously, and you'd have to take some of that. Uh, there's like 27 million in dead cap from his old contract that that would have to be kind of woven in. So yeah. you know the cap it would be a little higher in a couple of those years. But would you do it? I'm nope. thinking I probably would not do it either. Yeah. What nope. would you do? Kirk says, guys, listen, like. I ain't playing for a dollar, but I, I want to be the Vikings quarterback. I do a one-year extension. What can we do? I do. A, I, I would positively can tell you right now, I would do a one-year extension, which he won't do, but I would do that. And I'd pay him so, a ton. And he'd want, he, he wouldn't give you the Kirky discount then, right? He'd, right. he'd say one-year, $45, 50000000 million. Yep. And then you've I mean, you you got to create two more void years to put the rest, you know, because that's the only thing I would consider. I'm not doing another multi-year, three, no. No, and and look, I mean, I'm standing by my statement. I do not think he will ever win a Super Bowl. 
Like if, if my goal is to win and fans will come back and say, well, I mean, he's bet better than what we had. And you're exactly right. But the problem with that is what do you want? Yeah, I, uh, I, I would, I'm okay going year to year with Kirk. Yeah. I don't have any desire unless it's Tom Brady from 10 years ago. Like once, once non-elite quarterbacks get to be like 35 years old, I worry there's the, there was the Matt Ryan cliff. There was the Philip Rivers cliff, like, and he was a little closer to 40 when that cliff hit. But I just, I would get real concerned about ironclad, even if it was a big discount. I just, I'd go year to year. I don't know that he's going to want to go year to year. He ain't going year to year. And and you're not getting the Kirky discount too, because the, when nothing happened last March, that signified that he want he wants to get one more big contract. Ironically, forever mediocre says Jesus, Mackie. Okay, I don't know what that means? But I mean, what do you? I guess I, I know there's certain people that would literally just give Kirk like a 10 year contract right now because yeah. he's healthy and he would play until he's 45. But well, and he is safe. I mean, he's we're not, a we're not safe, looking for safe but, yeah. anymore around here, are we? Mm-mm. Do you want a championship? Do you want to try and win a championship? Let's see here. Uh, Lucas says, no, we already did that one. Uh, Sharif Stafford says, what's up, guys? Love the show. I'm from Oklahoma. Went to my first Vikings game on Monday night against the 49ers. It's a pretty good game to be your first one. Very nice. Such a great experience, even without Justin Jefferson. I also made it to a wild game. I'm not a hockey fan at all, but that was surprisingly a really fun experience. Just wanted to say appreciate all the content. Keep up the great work. That sounds like a really fun trip to Minneapolis, St. Paul. Absolutely. Watch the Vikings. Yeah, even, I would say, Niners. even if like you're not a big hockey fan, which I know it's like hockey is a very acquired taste, a wild game in person's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. They do great they atmosphere. Do, they do a great job. And I mean, I'm nitpicky with the songs. That's my only thing. But their in game entertainment's a lot different. I like it. It's a good time. I, I think, as far as the, the big sports go, if you're in town for, for like a football game and there's a NBA game or a hockey game or a baseball game, that's always fun. Like, it's just fun to see different stadiums, different fan bases. Um, so I, I think it's a great call that if you are going to be in town for a Monday game and not leave until, like, Wednesday, if there's a Wolves game, I'd go. That's always fun to do. It is a good time. Yep. Lane from Florida says, okay, I'm at a teaching conference in Florida watching Thursday night football, and I was wondering if maybe a poll was put out on Judd's Twitter account about the Daniil Hunter uh getting a handoff for a red zone touchdown. So you hear it, our conversation about that. So I go to judge Twitter account to see if I could vote in a poll or communicate. I didn't do a poll. And I find when I go to judge Twitter account that I have been blocked by Judd. Oh no. No idea how this would have happened. Can you please bring it up on the show? Who Lane from Flo- Lane from Florida. He doesn't give his Twitter handle. Though. I don't usually block people, so he must have done something either really, really bad or or I accidentally blocked him. And I will tell you a story of an accidental muting that occurred that I was shocked by. I muted Declan. Oh, yeah. I, I found this. out. I found I out. No, this, yeah. no, no. Like in the last three days. Oh, didn't you tell me you've done this before, though? Um, I unfollowed Roycey by accident once oh, okay. and he was, how he do you was, accidentally mute someone though? Cause you have to I like, don't, there's a lot of right clicks. click go. I don't know. But I, so there was a wild take. I think maybe it was retweeted by Jesse Pierce that mm-hmm. Declan had. And I went to like, look at the original tweet and it's like, this is from an account you've muted. And I'm like, what, who would I mute? <laughs> and, and then I go and it's Declan. I had muted him. So, 
there's a chance the block is accidental, but I use I do not block. I, I mute, but I do not block much. So. I'm with you. I haven't blocked anyone in ten years on no. Twitter. No, I I rarely block. Come at me, bro. I can't, I, if I, don't I get really have anyone muted, so if I get f bombs, like if I get f bombed, I'll block depending on like like the just the vile nature. I also am blocking a lot now with bots. With X having taken a turn for a more how can I put this tawdry experience? Oh yeah, you get the. I'm yeah, getting. Yeah, it's great. Like yesterday, I put out a take about, you know, Kirk Cousins, when you give him two and a half seconds to throw the football, here's where he ranked. It's great. And, like, the third reply was, hey, sexy. Are you Do bored? you like what you see? You see? <laughs> I'm getting, are you bored a lot? Are you bored? Huh? Um, now, I'm not a big muting on Twitter guy, but I am a big muting of group text messaging situations. I, I, that, yeah. I hate when I get spammed with like other friends, I will leave other group texts if I'm a part of them. Like after weddings, but they I will can leave see the that you leave, you know, that's fine. Good. I want them to see that. I've and left then they probably talk about like, wow, did you guys see the Is text? That spammed? That's, fine. that's fine. So but you, I, you Irish goodbye group text threads. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I can't, can't, I really can't take that. them. Can't take them. Really? Yeah. You've, like I, that I'm doesn't in, bother me. I would say the only group text like that I'm, actively follow is obviously ours and my siblings one but if my siblings one is on fire over some tangent that has nothing to do with me i'm like okay i i can't i can't see my phone light up that's different though that's different i had to mute one of them i i'm on a it's mostly like a twins group chat with some friends and this is like (laughs) it's like a five-year twins group chat and well no it's it's actually you know who's on the chat and i love those guys but what happened was it's like three years ago my wife had grabbed my phone to like order a couple things off Amazon. So she's like on my phone and she was on my phone for like 10 minutes. And finally she's like, geez, like what is like, who are these people? Every five, it was during a twins game, like late in the season. And every three seconds it was like, yeah, can't just probably mute that. Or you're trying to have like a serious conversation and you can just feel like on the couch, vibrate, 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 vibrate. Who's texting you? The only thing that my buddy, he's mad about the twins starting rotation. (laughs) The only thing that drives me absolutely up the wall is when people uh, text you like sentence by sentence or almost word by word. So instead of just one big, you know, hey, here's what I think. You just get. Yeah, send send it all. It's like, Uh, no, stop. Peck of Purple Plumes says, what is the Irish goodbye? So as I understand it, the Irish goodbye is when you're at a group, like in person, you're at a group gathering, you're at a party, whatever it is. And instead of like saying goodbye to everyone or saying goodbye to the host, you just duck out, duck out without saying anything. You just peace out. I would do this all the time in college at the bars. I I would just when I when once I hit a limit of my drinking ability, I know I have to go home. I just got to go home. And my roommates would come back furious that, like, for right. my safety, obviously, that I left alone. But so I was like, hey, I'm, th- I'm, yeah. I'm watching ESPN on the couch also still, no. like, you know, eating chips. But I, 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 no. I once I hit a limit, here. I got to go. Goodbye. Leave. I'm out. No, 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 no. First of all, if you're going to go get blasted, the Irish goodbye is absolutely fine. Like, like it would be rude if you were at a place where there was you, like you had a couple of drinks, right? Like you're invited to an adult gathering and then you just bolt and leave. I think that's sort of rude. But if you're going to go to a bar in St. Cloud and get just schnockered, that no, no. And for guys, you know, look, if you leave, you leave. I'm with Declan here. 
It, it's always weirder to be like, oh, I got to like go exactly. interrupt the host who's in a hey conversation and be like, hey, so we're going to leave. Or crowded bar. Then, like, yeah. you know, I'm, not, De- I'm, not, I'm not getting through the mob. The door's right there. I got a perfect exit. I'm out of here. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not yeah. Yeah. And well, who the are you Irish supposed Dubai to say goodbye to, accepted. too? Like, like yeah. that's my question. Like, are, can you just yell, see y'all later? Or do Bye. some, you know, oh, we didn't get to talk. Yeah. You know, there's right. always that one, too. There's always now, the person who's like, let's do some talking. I'm like, no, I'm leaving. But here's the question. How, what is the, like, what is the size of group where it is acceptable to Irish goodbye? Like you can't, you can't, if it's like uh, you and your wife go to hang out with like another couple yeah, and then they go to the kitchen for a second, you can't just like Irish goodbye. Yep. You can't. <laughs> no. You can't. So how many people need shouldn't. to be there for you to be able to Irish goodbye? It's got to be like a public six, gathering. And, six or more. Yeah. Six or more. But six is weird. Okay. There's what? So it's, it's four and then it's you two and the, the other four are talking. They're like, we're Judd and Don go. But it's a circumstance. It's the yeah, circumstance. It's a, if yes. it's, if this is an adult gathering at which you're having a few drinks, then you should always say goodbye. I mean, yeah, hell, if it's okay. eight or ten, you should say goodbye. But I'm saying if you're going out to get blasted and six or more, you're out of there. Yeah, okay. I see. Yeah. I'm glad we had this discussion. Team Declan. Mm-hmm. Totally Team Declan here. Good, good for you. Thank you. Did you guys see who's calling the game? Vikings-Packers on Sunday? Uh, right. yeah. Kenny Albert. Kenny Albert, welcome to uh, Lambeau Field, where the Minnesota Vikings take on the Green Bay Packers just... in an NFC North Division rivalry game. <laughs> Jonathan <laughs> Vilma, let's go to you. You did no prep for this game, and you still hate the Vikings, don't you? These two teams, uh, Kenny, they don't like each other. Judge, we should look up the uh, NHL assignment for him, because you know he's calling a hockey game the night before. He's got to be, right? Oh, for the sure. He's like right? the busiest he's guy. He's calling the Rangers. He's probably calling the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, yeah, he calls he's literally working games, like four games Rangers, every day. Rangers games. Oh, he's never home. And, and he just wrote a book. Did oh, he nice. really? He just had a book published. Oh, we need to get, did he, is there a, is there an audio? a book tour? Is there an audio version where he voices it? We should, we Welcome to my on. life. When I was Kenny a young Albert. lad, I made a decision that I knew I wanted to be in play-by-play. Well, it helps when That's you guys right. mar- I'm Kenny Albert. My yeah, my my brother got a little, <laughs> a little frisky one time in a hotel room. Uh, Muhammad M chimes in says, "Love the show. I know that the three safety set is common in a Flores scheme, but did anyone else foresee that Cam Bynum would not only lead the team in tackling, but he's currently fifth in the entire league in tackles? Now, technically, you don't want your safety leading the team in tackles, but it's not a traditional scheme with Bynum." as a former fourth-round pick, and Metellus as a former sixth-round pick, both by Rick Spielman, these guys have emerged as legit safeties who have also taken some heat off Quasey, who botched his first safety pick, first-round pick, Lewis Seam. I mean, they've got safeties everywhere on this team. All right, so this brings up a, this brings up a thought I've had all week, and, and I've not had the entree to discuss it until now. It is my humble opinion that this show... Purple Daily needs to start the mission to rename safeties that play, especially like Metellus does. He's not a safety. He's a linebacker at times. There needs to be a new term for that job because safety is misleading. You're a football player is what you are. And by no, I'm sorry, Metellus says, you know, I'm not a safety. I'm but but what is the name of that position now or that job? Hybrid. You're just a hybrid. You're a rover. An H? You are a rover. You are a rover for sure. 
Yeah, you're like an H. How about, how about this? We have H backs on offense. How about H backer? You're an H backer. H backer. Like Football. Stefan. Stephanie says, hey, guys, love your work. Been listening for close to four years now and rarely, if ever, miss a podcast. Thank you, Stephanie. I hear lots of shout outs to the boys, the guys, the men. But how about some love for the ladies who listen? I know we're a minority, but we are here listening and watching. Keep up the fantastic work. Stephanie, thank you. And any other women of Purple Daily and Scorner, we appreciate you. And I actually sent her a, a note back. I would love to see us get more traction on Write That Down and Ventline. Don't be shy. Women call. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, we're not. Look, this show is. I, I've always thought we need more women on the shows because we know they're out there. They love the Vikings. They love football. So, like, write that down, Stephanie. Ventline. Come on down. Join us. Yep. Uh, Stephanie, send your request to be on Write That Down. We will make it happen. And anyone else out there. That's a wrap on this episode of Feedback Friday. Some people are getting mad that we stopped talking about football there, but we gave you. I was like, wondering. We gave you like forty-five. I was looking for the. Football. I was looking for the notes about that. Talk about was, football. <laughs> I'm never watching this show again. We had to get to the bottom of the Irish goodbye. The logistics of the Irish goodbye. Very important. So uh, tomorrow, purple picks. We'll make our official picks: Vikings and Packers, and then Sunday, actual Vikings Packers with Vikings vent line right after that game is over. Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, where we just want the Vikings to win a dang Super Bowl before we die. Hey, everyone. My name is Phil Mackey. Welcome to Stepping Up, presented by Federated Insurance, where we talk to next-generation business owners and leaders about their processes, the challenges they face, their leadership philosophies, their vision for the future of business. And our guest, as you can see, if you're watching this episode um, is uh, someone that um, has helped craft one of my personal favorite restaurant chains, or red, whether it's Red Cow or Red Rabbit, under the same umbrella. Michael Giacomini, uh, Director of Finance, officially for Red Cow and Red Rabbit. And um, we appreciate you coming on, man. We'd love to just sort of dive into what led you up to your ventures with Red Cow Red Rabbit and sort of what you see for the future. So thanks for coming on. So we started 10 years ago. Actually, my mom and dad founded it. Um, we have a long history of working in restaurants. My mom was in restaurant distribution for 30 years. My dad ran different restaurants. I've worked in restaurants. My grandpa was in distribution. So there's a lot of food and restaurants going on um, on our side of the family. You guys don't just hire people at Red Cow, Red Rabbit. Um, you've even put employees through leadership training at Red Cow, Red Rabbit. So what is that process like for you guys? Who do you look to hire Um what is your leadership philosophy? You're not just like, all right, we're going to hire a chef. We're going to hire a, you know, a, a server. Just get on out there and, and do your thing. It seems like there's more thought put into it. I was super fortunate that my dad was very much so about leadership development. And he always has said, we're a leadership development company that happens to serve cheeseburgers is kind of his tagline. And I love that tagline. Wow. So over the years, we've invested in different leadership coaches or different leadership classes Um, to help grow our internal team members in order to become better leaders because it's so important. We think everything starts with leadership for them. And then when it comes to hiring, we came up with our mission statement, like I said, which is to create raving fans. And then we have our four core values, which are we care tons, we want to win, we love this, and team first. And we really interview around those 
four core values. And our philosophy is, is if we can hire someone that matches with those, we can teach them how to serve cheeseburgers. Awesome, man. Uh, well, this has been uh, Stepping Up presented by Federated Insurance. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. Cool. Thanks, Phil.